You're listening to Narratively Out Loud, the diverse human storytelling of Narratively.com, brought to you in audio. How did a gutsy undercover cop take down a gang of drug dealer extorting cops? David Howard brings you Sergeant Gene Shepard's FBI-sanctioned mission to expose Chicago PD's crooked crew, and discovers why it was shut down before he got to the top. From Narratively, read by Gary Furlong for Curio. Standing in the bathroom of the 15th District Precinct, Silky pulled off his shirt and dropped his pants as the cop stood in front of him, watching closely. Silky was anxious, of course, and worried. Getting dragged into the police station, especially this police station, was plenty dangerous. At least he wasn't wearing a wire, which was what the cops were looking for. But mostly, it was just surreal. He'd heard of or seen dirty cops do just about everything. Steal, lie, plant drugs on people, pummel them. But a strip search? That was new. Silky focused on staying cool as he pulled down his underwear and bent over so that Cornelius Peanut Trip, a member of the Chicago Police Department's elite plainclothes tactical unit, could finish his inspection. He had nothing to hide. At least not where the cop was looking. Officer Tripp ordered him to put his clothes back on, but Silky knew that the encounter was far from over. Hanging out at the McDonald's on Madison and Kildare earlier that evening, May 2nd, 1996, he'd been expecting the cops to come for him. Word had gotten around that Silky was a new player in Westside Chicago's crime-infested Austin neighborhood, having recently expanded his turf from the south side. People on the street were talking about how he was a high-level cocaine supplier who travelled with lots of cash. Around here, that kind of reputation made a guy a target. He'd already been rolled by the cops in Austin several weeks earlier. They had taken $4,000 off him before uncuffing him and cutting him loose. In particular, Silky had been expecting a visit from the cop working as Tripp's partner that night, Edward Lee Pacman Jackson. Both Pacman and Tripp were part of a unit created to squeeze drugs out of the city's neighborhoods. But they seemed more interested in squeezing cash out of the drug dealers. Pac-Man in particular was known as a guy who treated the streets like his personal ATM machine. Silky had heard that if Pac-Man, 26, pulled over someone who possessed something he wanted, money or information or just about anything else he deemed desirable, he was used to getting his way. If his target refused, he would dangle a packet of cocaine and threaten an arrest. Either I get that, or you get this. Shorten packet to pack, and that's where the nickname came from. He was Pac-Man. Pac-Man and Trip had cuffed Silky at the McDonald's, mashed him into their ratty, unmarked car, and driven him to the 15th district, which in itself was a surprise, because Silky had figured they would simply take his money and move on. Inside the precinct, they'd linked Silky's cuffs to a wall, then Pac-Man explained the situation. He would plant drugs and a gun on Silky, which would bring heavy felony charges. It didn't matter that Silky only had a scale and empty wrappers in his car. He was on parole and carrying $10,000 in cash. Pac-Man pointed out that in the course of fighting such extensive charges, Silky would inevitably spend 15 or 20 grand in attorney fees. Fortunately, there was an alternative. Silky could just hand over the $10,000 he was carrying and walk out the door. For a while, Silky stood firm. You're not going to take all my money, man, he said. I'm just not going to let you do that. But eventually, he agreed to give up the cash. And that's when Pac-Man and Tripp decided they'd better cover themselves. 
After the strip search, Trip brought Silky back into the interrogation room, where Pac-Man now moved in close and asked a pointed question. Man, are you a fed? There wasn't anything particular about Silky that suggested he might be associated with the Federal Bureau of Investigation. It was just that in that part of town, rumors of the feds sniffing around the activities of the Chicago Police Department, or CPD, were as common and predictable as lake effect snow in February. Silky looked him in the eyes. Fuck you and the feds, man, he said. I've been to the penitentiary. The feds put a case on me before. I hate the feds more than I hate you. They went back and forth on Silky's history for a while until Pac-Man let him walk. His pockets were noticeably lighter, but they even let him carry his scale out of the building. It was true Silky wasn't in the FBI, but he wasn't who he said he was either. His real identity was even more unfathomable, and the corrupt cops who had just shaken him down had no idea what was coming for them. Hey, it's Noah, Narratively Founder. What a cliffhanger, huh? I hope you enjoyed that free preview of our Narratively Out Loud podcast. I'm sorry to interrupt, but I wanted to let you know that to hear the full story, plus hundreds of others, you'll need to become a paid subscriber. You can do so at narratively.com slash subscribe. If you're already a subscriber, thank you. Just log in at narratively.com, go to your settings page, and click set up your podcast app. Your support is vital to funding our unique brand of storytelling. Thank you so much.